sort of this tradition of risk sharing and collaborating lends itself really well to tech startups having that investment community that are willing to come together and, and share and backing young entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs in general, young or old. And I think that's an important part of the nucleus. And there's a lot of people here who really want to help. Welcome to the Joe Momo Presents podcast. This is the Calgary Leader Series. Let's start the show. I'm super excited to have my next guest on. He's the CEO and chairman of the Black Diamond Group. Welcome to the podcast, Trevor. Thank you, Joe. Happy to be here. <laughs> well, I really want to dig into your story. I think it's really fascinating. I think you have a ton of golden nuggets to share. Uh, you've been an entrepreneur through and through your whole life, and you're actually building a new entrepreneurial uh, venture with Lodgeland, but we'll get into that. Um, but before we do, uh, I'd love to, for you to share your background and who you are and what you do. Uh, sure. Well, I'm, uh, as you mentioned, uh, chair and CEO of Black Diamond Group, and uh, we have a, a portfolio of related companies, so Box Modular, Britco, Lodgelink, uh, Skiavi, etc. Um, I've been an entrepreneur for, uh, I would say, my whole life. Um, I sort of came to the realization about uh, 20-some years ago when I stepped out on my own and uh, acquired our first business. And from there, I think I've, I've uh, built, uh, run, partnered uh, in about uh, 35 to 40 different businesses over that period of time. So um, born and raised in uh, Canada, moved around quite a bit. Born in Vancouver, grew up mostly in Montreal, finished high school here in Calgary, went to University of Toronto. So. Um, I guess I'm a Canadian, but uh, I, I relate most to Calgary and uh, my wife and myself and, and, uh, and our family. Uh, I've been based in Calgary um, for the better part of 25 plus years. So Calgary is home. <laughs> That's great to hear. And you mentioned that you're an entrepreneur your whole life. Uh, I'd be curious to know how, have you always had the entrepreneurial bug when you were from youth to, to now or from your past uh, as a youth? Uh, I think so. I was always interested in, uh, in business. And I, you know, I think it connects, uh, my, my dad had an interesting story. He started with uh, a small Calgary company called Atco um, when they were still in Don Southern's backyard up on Child Avenue. So my dad left Drumheller, uh, answered an ad in the Calgary Herald. Uh, they were looking for a painter to work in the backyard when they were building trailers. So he, uh, he started there and ended up um, running one of the ACO companies based in Montreal, which is uh, why I grew up there. But, you know, those guys and it's uh, every, uh, most of your listeners probably know the ACO story, but in those early years when, when they were building that company um, and, and when the senior guys would come to Montreal, they would often stay at our house. That's the way it was done back then. And uh, they'd sit around the dining room table. And as a, as a younger kid, you know, eight, nine, 10, I would just sort of hang on the corner of the table and listen to them. And it just seemed exciting and they were passionate and it seemed important and uh, I think from that part point, 
I just wanted to be a business guy. And, uh, so, you know, I would, I, I would do snow blowing and, uh, I had a, a mail route or a mail route, a, a paper route and, uh, cleaning pools, anything. And, and I organized and I would, I would say I had a company from early on. And then later on in high school, I actually did have, uh, cleaning companies here in Calgary and we did landscaping and for restaurants along the cloud trail and stuff. And we kind of had some, some proper going concerns and employed some other kids from high school. <laughs> and so I think in hindsight, I, you know, I've always been interested in business and interested in, in building businesses and doing, doing transactions, but it wasn't all that clear uh, early on. I, you know, I was focused on uh, going through school, um, wanted to get a law degree, et cetera. And um, ultimately I, I guess you always, Go back to, uh, you know, what your uh, your core passion is once you realize what it is. And for me, it, it's business, and uh, and 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 more uh, more than that, just uh, uh, just interested in, in in starting and building, and uh, and uh, you know, to, to, there's so many aspects to it that make it very very engaging. It sounds like you got the entrepreneur bug from a very young age. <laughs> One of the things I read about your background is that you really believe um, sport has the power for change. So I'm curious, did you participate in any sports growing up or were you just fully in business? No, I, I played sports when I was young, um, not overly talented uh, at, at any uh, particular sport. I played hockey. I, st I still play hockey. Uh, the team I'm on today, we've been together for, uh, I think we're in our third our 30th year together. Uh, so I'm still active. Um, I've always uh, loved sports, followed sports. When I was in university, I was involved in the CIAU Vanier Cup organizing committee. Um, um, and uh, I continue to be um, currently a governor of the Canada Sports Hall of Fame and the Order of Sport for Canada. So um, allows me to, to stay engaged um, but unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, I discovered, uh, what my talent was. Unfortunately, it wasn't sports. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a big, a big believer in, uh, what, uh, what sports can teach, um, especially young people in terms of, um, teamwork and collaboration and, uh, working together to win, or even in individual sports, the, the, the dedication and, and just, uh, um, just a level of perseverance to, to be really successful, uh, in sport, I think are great, um, great skills that are learned and can be applied in uh, many different ways. And the honor in sport, uh, you know, sportsmanship or sportspersonship, I think, <laughs> is, um, so well into, uh, um, you know, into, into those aspects that make great cultures, whether it's business cultures or, or, or more broadly. So yeah, big believer in sport and youth in sport and what, um, what it teaches. No, I totally agree with you. I actually played uh, varsity football at the university of Alberta. So I could definitely resonate with the positive aspects sports brings to 
uh, your professional life. You never won a Vanier Cup, but uh, <laughs> that could be a different story. <laughs> Golden Bears, they, they have won many times, I believe, if I remember the history correctly. So Yeah, in the past, but not during my days. So. <laughs> um, kind of going back to the business side of things again. Um, again, you're an entrepreneur through and through. And one of the neat things I see you guys doing right now is building that platform, LogLink. Um, I'd love for you to share what's maybe something about LogLink that the listeners don't know about and what you guys are up to there. Absolutely. So LogLink is a travel tech platform. And what we focus on is companies that have crew travel. So um, in, in part of completing the work that the, these companies do, they need to move groups of people uh, to places where, where the work occurs. And often that's in remote areas. If you think of um, an Alberta perspective, you can quickly think of oil and gas, um, but there's lots of different uh, industries where they're moving crews to get work done. And it's inherently com complicated, which is something that we learned from our Black Diamond company, where we're providing remote lodging and camps, but in physical format. And looking at the inefficiency of the full travel cycle, and, and, and that's what we focused on. If we could uh, reduce the inefficiencies, we'd be adding value uh, for the customer and for ourselves. Um, so it, it is search and book, which is you know, similar to lots of B2C platforms like an Expedia, et cetera. But it's much more than that because we're really focused on um, the mid-office management, the, the planning, booking, constant changing, changing in people, changing in whether a crew is going to be late or is going to stay longer, and all of that real time while also trying to help our customers control costs, track uh, those costs to be able to invoice their customers, et cetera. So um, it's an efficiency uh, software platform uh, that allows for the, the effective transaction of um, booking, whether it's hotels or, or airlines, uh, to match up with where they need to move their, uh, their employees to, uh, to affect their work. So it's very complicated. We've, we've taken down something that's, uh, uh, there's even more to it than we, we thought. So it's, uh, it, it, it's challenging, but we believe that the value, uh, as we solve each of these uh, points of inefficiency, we think it, it's uh, it's huge. And the total addressable market in North America, companies uh, spending on uh, travel for crew uh, pre-pandemic was about 63 billion US. So um, we're focused on a very large addressable market, but a very complicated um, set of problems. And and lodging's making great progress as we build that. So that's the latest, you know, in terms of my uh, business building um, and it's within the Black Diamond platform, but um, really super interesting. We're, we're, we're learning, we're, 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 we're pushing hard, we're solving problems and I think we're creating value. Yeah, I always see you guys posting jobs and uh, always hiring. So it seems like you guys are scaling pretty fast. We, we are, we're growing, uh, greater than 100% per year in terms of, uh, of revenue. Um, a lot of pressure in terms of building out all aspects of the, uh, the business processes, teams, et cetera. And we're not copying what somebody else has done or we're, we're, we believe we're the primary disruptor in this uh, space. And so we, we have to create everything as, as, uh, as we go. And we're working really hard to find 
talent, especially tech talent um, into the city of Calgary, which is exciting for Calgary because there's a great uh, nucleus of, uh, of a tech community developing here, but also it's not quite large enough yet that we can, uh, we can source the talent we need within the city. And so we do a lot of re recruiting externally, trying to bring people here. Absolutely. Yeah. I see that too. Just a very robust growing community here in Calgary with uh, the startup scene, the tech scene. It's very exciting. I've actually had a few uh, founders and CEOs from other tech companies on the podcast. And it's just really exciting to see where Calgary's going to be in the next 10, 15 years. So um, I'm super stoked about that. And I think it'll change the vibe of the city too, uh, in a positive way. I think uh, it's a different type of energy, different type of skill set. Uh, a lot of younger, very educated people, which is not unlike the oil patch was or is uh, with lots of very educated people. But uh, just, you know, a different type of um, of skill set, et cetera. I, I think it'd be uh, a great uh, way to create a bit of a renaissance in Calgary. <laughs> different respects. And, and we hope to be a key player in, uh, in, in building out that newly envisioned uh, tech uh, community uh, to add to the other uh, great business businesses and industries that the city is known for. Absolutely, I think you guys will. I mean, you've your track record is awesome. You've been building successful companies in the industrial and construction space for years and years. So I think it'd be no less that this would be a success as well. For the listeners that want to build their own startup, like you mentioned, it's a very vibrant scene, uh, tech scene here in Calgary now. And maybe there's a listener wanting to build their own uh, company. What's maybe something that you've learned in your journey um, of entrepreneurship that you'd like to share? Maybe a golden nugget that you'd like to share with uh, the listeners. Oh well, yeah. There's many different ways I could uh, I could take that question. I, I would say from a Calgary perspective, and I've said this all through my career. I worked internationally uh, extensively when I was with uh, Atco. And I would look at Calgary and how efficient uh, this city is uh, from a business perspective. And um, sort of this tradition of risk sharing and collaborating, which I think came out of the early days of, of, of ranching and uh, true exploration, wildcatting and oil and gas. But I think it lends itself really well uh, to tech startups. Uh, so having that investment community that are willing uh, to come together and, and, and share and backing young entrepreneurs or, or entrepreneurs in general, young or old. And uh, I think that's an important part of the nucleus. And there's a lot of people here uh, who really want to, uh, um, to help uh, in, in multiple different ways. And so if you're thinking of building a tech company in Calgary, I, I think there's many uh, great attributes about the city um, and sort of the personality of the, of the business center here that lend to um, um, entrepreneurship and, uh, and, and to incubating new, uh, new ventures. So uh, I, I would suggest that. Um, and one of the questions, you know, I, I rarely get asked, but I think it's a super important question on entrepreneurship and that is, how did you make the decision to start? And I, I think um, everything after that decision 
um, for me anyways, and, and for a number of people who work with me, all came back to that decision. And, uh, you know, I was quite successful in my career. Um, and to uh, leave that and uh, make a, a huge bet on yourself, I mean, it, 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 it's uh, something I, I think needs to be better understood and, uh, and, and studied, I, I guess, to a certain extent. I mean, how many phenomenal entrepreneurs just never took the step? Uh, to to get out and uh, and and build their dreams, so to speak. So, and and I still find it uh, uh, that aspect of of the, the initial risk taking uh, to step out and build um, uh, a really interesting part of entrepreneur entrepreneurialism. But the entrepreneur themselves, I guess, is so. All of those uh, young and potential entrepreneurs, I encourage uh, to reach out to. Uh, I think you'll find um, most business leaders very open to uh, sharing their story and giving advice. And I guess that's what you're uh, you're also helping to do here, Joe. <laughs> well, that was wonderful. Uh, yeah, I mean, first step is always the hardest hardest uh, step, and uh, just getting started and making that mindset shift of, "Hey, I'm going to build." my future, I'm going to build the future. I'm going to participate in uh, building that uh, awesome uh, tech ecosystem here in Calgary. Um, one thing that always comes up, though, is uh, it's not always glitz and glam entrepreneurship. I mean, you see on social media, people on private jets and popping champagne. That's that's not really what entrepreneurship is about. It's about building that resilience grit and going through the hard times. So I want to ask you, uh, has there been any point in your journey where you've experienced a challenge or maybe even a failure and what did you uh, learn from that um absolutely and i think you learn a lot in the black diamond story when we went public in 2006 uh, through to about 2014 2015 we had a 44 percent annual compounding growth rate as a public company and uh, increasing dividends every year um, enterprise value you know, over 1.5 billion. I mean, we went public with it. I think it was a 65 million dollar market cap. Um, and so, a lot of hard work, good work, went into achieving that. But I think the the more impressive work by the team at Black Diamond was what happened after the the downturn in uh, in 2015, 2016 where you know our business we lost about 90 percent of our uh, our revenue in about 18 months as uh, the oil industry slowed down and so we had to look at the business um you know fix the fix the balance sheet well the balance sheet wasn't broken beforehand we were pretty conservative but what you realize about balance sheets and debt levels is if you're if your cash flow drops precipitously you can find yourself over levered pretty quickly um, so we had to, um, we really had to buckle down and, uh, and grind it out. And then we put in place a strategy for pivoting the company. And it's really difficult to pivot a company when, when your primary market is, uh, you know, falling 90% in 18 months. Um, but the team, uh, did it and it's, um, the business is very different today, much more diversified. Um, it's growing really nicely right now in all the business units. I think that work in the middle, uh, when we were under intense pressure, 
Um, and there's not a lot of rewards at that part of the cycle, you know, in terms of stock <laughs> auctions and bonuses and the like. But uh, I, I think for us, um, not a complete failure, but a near failure. And um, sort of the work and, and, and just how, how team building works through that period of time. Uh, I think that's, uh, that's what we, we learned. We, we learned a lot about ourselves. <laughs> we learned a lot about the public market. They, they kind of leave you as uh, I guess they should for money managers, you know, okay, now it's time to cash out, but uh, we're still here and we have to uh, see our way through it. So um, sometimes your best work is, uh, is the work that's done in the most difficult situations and uh, gets overlooked by, uh, you know, those periods when everything's going well and everybody's patting you on the back. Um, so we learned a ton through that period. Um, and I think I'm a better business strategist and uh, more risk aware and perhaps a better um, business builder than I was without going through it. That being said, would have been nice not to have to go through that. <laughs> Sounds like you need to have some level of intestinal fortitude, just stomaching the downturns and um, kind of bouncing back from, uh, <laughs> from turmoil. But uh, that's interesting. What would you say is maybe your unique skill that's made you become so successful if you have to categorize into one skill? I think better than average at um, at selecting people to to join my team. I, I think that's probably made the difference over time. You know, I would say I'm I'm, I'm really I'm, I'm reasonably good at envisioning and uh, laying out a plan, and you know, the accountability around the plan, and personal responsibility. Uh, try to work harder than anybody else. Um, but I, I think over time, um, what's benefited me the most is the quality of the people that have, uh, have come to join me. And, uh, maybe they're the crazy ones. I, I've got a vision. Maybe I'm crazy, but they came. <laughs> <laughs> they came to join and then try to achieve, uh, you know, that, that vision or dream. Um, and, and I, I think for every organization, I mean, the quality of the people in the organization, um, um, make, make the quality of the leader, um, or vice versa. But at any rate, I, I, I think that's for whatever reason, um, probably been my strongest suit and, and biggest contributor to my, my success. What success I've had is, is, um, the people that have uh, joined my teams. That's awesome to hear. I think you always hear it time and time again, uh, it's all about the people and the culture. Um, kind of going back to sports, uh, you can have the best talent, the best uh, um, skills on your team, but if you don't have that culture, that cohesiveness, that chemistry, it's really hard to exceed expectations and really move past your goals. So it's, it's uh, interesting to hear that, uh, yeah, picking people and culture is your strongest suit. Makes sense. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because it's one of the questions I like to ask uh, people who've been on winning teams or even those who have been on teams that should have won and just say, how do you, uh, how do you build um, that extra uh, element in terms of what makes a team 
a winning team versus, hey, on paper, this is an amazing team, but it never worked. And, and usually uh, the answer is it comes down to one or two people and then sort of the, the collective uh, character and chemistry of the people. And I think that's the same for any organization, business included. Um, but it's not an easy formula. You, you're, you're constantly working at it, trying to find those different difference makers, trying to balance the right type of people working together to get that extra element. Yeah. Absolutely. Fascinating. Maybe a psychology degree is is the most appropriate for building businesses. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, uh, helping you through um, your career, what's has there been any resources along the way that's really helped you um, that you would recommend for others looking to really build their business? Uh, I would recommend um, you know finding some good good mentors. Um, I was very fortunate when I first started out I wasn't aware of, I wish I was aware of equity sponsors and the fact that you didn't have to mortgage your house and risk everything you have. But um, we, we didn't know at the time, but along the way I found there were a lot of people who um, were just genuinely interested in what we we're doing and willing to help um, certainly within my family. Uh, father and father-in-law, et cetera. But externally, um, you know, one gentleman in particular, Bob Braun, who's a bit of a business legend here in town. Uh, as a young guy, I probably pestered him to the point of, <laughs> of irritation, but uh, he was so generous with his uh, time and experience and, uh, and support um, and, and a couple of other people on the way. I, I just think having that, especially, you know, if they're, you know, a little bit older and more experienced and have done something similar and uh, being able to run your ideas by that. I would say with, with Bob in particular, I'd, I'd go and explain a problem, but he would never solve it or tell me what to do. But when I left, I, I, I was clear on what I needed to do. And uh, so I would highly recommend mentorship and, you know, the informal mentorship of just, you know, reach out and, uh, and make a connection. And, and I think that as a resource is as, as uh, beneficial as anything. I, I know around the city, there's lots of formal programs, et cetera, um, which, which are fantastic. But I think the informal mentorship is, uh, is really powerful. And, and not just for business, but just generally. Absolutely. That's a big topic that comes up a lot on the podcast, just finding your mentor, uh, having them help you along your journey, because it's really about the people you surround yourself with. Um, for anybody listening, do you have any, uh, maybe a tactical piece of advice of finding a mentor or uh, finding that person that could help you along your way? Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's an excellent question. And, uh, you know, finding, you know, the, uh, the right type of experience and, uh, and character to match, um, you know, you and, and, and what you're doing, I think is super important. And so. I don't know that there's a simple answer to uh, here's, here's a formula or here's a, here's a list. Um, but you know, over the years I've had young entrepreneurs reach out and just ask to go for a coffee. And uh, sometimes it's, it's one coffee, a few of them we meet frequently and, uh, and they're building great businesses. Why they reach out to me, I don't know, but uh, um, always, um, interested in what they're doing and, 
and if I can uh, can can help them or or give some advice, um, then I think I think you'll find most uh, business leaders with a similar a similar view. I mean, often uh, these are very busy jobs as well, so um, you know, trying to find somebody who who has the the time and interest um, and uh, there's a good match. I I I think it's really valuable. So I only have a couple more questions here for you, uh, Trevor. Um, one thing I really want to see from your perspective is what are you really proud of that maybe we haven't touched on uh, in an interview so far? That's a good question. I think I'm, I'm certainly proud of, you know, the, the businesses and, and what they've accomplished, uh, especially through a very difficult period of time and the, and the growth where, uh, we're experiencing today as our, our strategies are paying off and more broadly, I think we've got a, a reasonable business environment to operate in, uh, which is good. So from a business perspective, I think we, we've talked, we've touched on key things and uh, personally, um, yeah, my, uh, um, the fact that I've been able to do all of this and, uh, and I've got great kids and, uh, and uh, a very supportive uh, partner in my, in my wife who allowed me to do what I've done. And we, we worked our family structure around how I needed to work so that we also, uh, spent a lot of time and, and, uh, have a really tight, um, tight knit family. So I, I would say outside of work, I'd be most proud of, uh, my kids and my wife for, uh, for raising great kids while I was busy building a business and, and got to just come and, and have fun. Um, <laughs> With kids and family, I don't know, joking a little bit there, but um, yeah, I, 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 I think in that, um, if you're able uh, to get the balance um, and uh, sort of do what you envision work-wise uh, with people you love working for, and you can do it without getting way imbalanced uh, in your personal life, I, I think that's a goal we should all have. And it doesn't have to be a traditional format, but I think there's lots of different ways to be really effective. And uh, that's been important for us as well. Yeah, absolutely. That work-life balance uh, is, I mean, it's extremely important, especially nowadays with uh, the pandemic and people working from home and all that. So it's, it's great to hear that work-life balance is also a part of your um, entrepreneur routine. So, um, and that's well, good. Yeah. I mentioned, uh, Playing on the hockey team for so long, well, uh, we were all early in our careers at the time. So, anytime I feel particularly, uh, you know, accomplished or something, I just have to walk into that locker room and they put me right back where <laughs> where I should be. And it's, uh, I think that's an important aspect of uh, your world as well. So, these uh, businesses can just uh, completely engulf you and sort of swallow you up. I mean, especially these days, we could work 24 hours a day. So uh, trying to find that balance, I think makes you a better business person as well. Mm, absolutely. Uh, where can our listeners connect with you online if they want to reach out and maybe pick your brain or follow up with some questions? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn or, um, or uh, directly through um, Black Diamond um, um, email address and website. Those would be the, the most effective ways. Awesome. Yeah, I'll put those links in the description of the interview. Um, so it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast, Trevor. I really love to end the podcast 
with asking one question. It's uh, obviously it's the leadership podcast. So uh, my last question to you, Trevor, is what does being a leader or leadership mean to you? Uh, I think leadership um, means a number of things, but it encompasses um, responsibility, integrity, uh, setting a good role model or being a good role model, um, leading from the front, willing to work harder than anybody else, and uh, looking more than just uh, about personal gain, et cetera, but trying to accomplish something that benefits uh, as many people as possible. I, I think if, uh, if you think that way, you, you, uh, you have leadership qualities and we need more leaders today. Hi, I'm Trevor Haynes, and you're listening to Joe Momo Presents. Thanks again for watching the Joe Momo Presents podcast. For more episodes, check out joemomo.com slash podcasts. All right, see you next time.